Welcome to Above Avalon. This is episode 163, A Revolution on the Wrist. Hi, I'm Neil. The Apple Watch narrative has changed due to the sheer number of Apple Watches now seen in the wild. Those claiming the device is unpopular have been silenced. You still see some people unsure about Apple management's commentary and clues about the device. But when you go to the airport, go to the restaurant, go on a college campus, the workplace, seeing so many Apple Watches on so many wrists, it's tough to still argue that the Apple Watch hasn't connected with people. However, there continues to be a good amount of cynicism and skepticism thrown at the computer found on 65 million wrists around the world. Many tech analysts and pundits continue to look at the Apple Watch as nothing more than an iPhone accessory, an extension to the smartphone. Some now say that the Apple Watch lacks the means or capability of being revolutionary. Such a view is misplaced. It ignores how the Apple Watch has already ushered in a paradigm shift in computing. In this episode, we're going to take our long-standing discussion about the Apple Watch to another level. In previous episodes, we've talked about how the Apple Watch has been gaining momentum. We've talked about some sales figures, both revenue and unit sales. Now is the time to begin talking about why 65 million people have decided to wear an Apple Watch. How is the Apple Watch ushering in a paradigm shift in computing? The best place to begin our discussion is to talk about paradigm shifts. In my view, in the tech world, the phrase paradigm shift has a complicated meaning. It's somewhat of a loaded phrase. And that's unfortunate. Because when you look at the meaning, the idea of a paradigm shift, it's actually somewhat simplistic. Paradigm shifts, they were born in the sciences to describe a scenario requiring a new way of thinking in order to explain the world. One of the more fascinating aspects of paradigm shifts is the accompanying social component. Simply put, people have an aversion to embracing paradigm shifts. Legacy thinking is pretty strong around the world and society. There is discomfort found with letting go of that legacy thinking. This is why I think society has a built-in aversion to acknowledging when a paradigm shift has occurred. This means it is likely that paradigm shifts will often be wrapped in skepticism and doubt. So when we look at paradigm shifts in computing, Why is it that things feel different? In some ways, it feels more definite. 
No one now questions the shift that took place from desktops and laptops to mobile devices. The thing is, that paradigm shift was messy. It took nearly a decade for consensus to view the smartphone as a laptop or desktop alternative. For years, smartphones were viewed as merely laptop and desktop extensions. What was initially viewed as a superior email machine for executives, something that really made sense in the workplace, that was actually the start of a paradigm shift in the making. We are seeing a similar dynamic take place with the Apple Watch. Legacy thinking is masking Apple Watch's transformational attributes. The product is misunderstood. Apple competitors, they're still unsure of the answers to basic questions, such as why are consumers buying Apple Watches? I'm convinced a lot of companies think the only reason the Apple Watch is selling It's because people in the Apple ecosystem, they're forced to buy one. They feel compelled to buy one because they have an iPhone. And people still wonder why competitors have such a hard time competing against Apple Watch. They don't understand why 65 million people have one on the wrist. There's also this confusion when reading and listening to a lot of pundits. An analyst, very similar to Apple competitors, this group continues to question what an Apple Watch is for. Back in episode 118, titled Apple Watch is a Bridge to the Future, we began to unpeel some of the mystery surrounding why the Apple Watch is such a big deal. More importantly, What is it about the device that consumers see, but pundits and analysts and Apple competitors struggle seeing? I recommend taking a listen to the episode if you haven't already. I'll include a link to the episode in the show notes. I don't want to go into too much detail about what that episode was, but in summary, we talked about how the Apple Watch had become a bridge between the present and future. By including a screen, Apple Watch retains the familiarity found with smartphones, tablets, you can even say laptops and desktops. But at the same time, Apple Watch is giving wearers a glimpse of the future by introducing new ideas around how artificial intelligence, voice, Digital assistants and smart sensors can come together to produce a new kind of experience. So that episode was two years ago. I wrote about that topic two years ago. And since that time, a lot has changed in terms of how the world has embraced this device. Simply put, a lot more people have been buying Apple Watches. I ran through my model, and picked out what I thought were some of the more interesting numbers. And as a reminder, any number related to the Apple Watch, any sales number, revenue, 
it ultimately is my estimate. And these estimates are obtained by utilizing more than four years of financial clues and insights provided by Apple management. These clues were provided either in earnings conference calls, interviews, presentations. You really have to kind of combine them all. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. A little while ago, I was talking to a reporter and they mentioned something about how they had gone through the earnings call transcripts and they didn't really see that many clues pertaining just to the Apple Watch. And so they were curious, what did I mean by it's a big jigsaw puzzle? And I replied that to estimate Apple Watch numbers, you actually have to estimate wireless AirPods numbers. You have to estimate Beats headphones numbers. And so you're not just taking clues that are related directly to the Apple Watch. You're taking whatever clue you can get about the broader wearables category at Apple. And that includes home and accessories revenue as well. Now, the good news is Apple just reported earnings last week. They provided a few more updates, a few more clues regarding wearables. Everything checks with my model. So as an analyst, you usually like when that happens. So I am confident in my numbers. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. There is a way that you can kind of take a, a closer look at my methodology and, and the math behind these numbers. But I did want to share some of the big picture takeaways here as to just how many people have embraced the Apple Watch, in particular, since that episode 118 two years ago. Apple has sold more than 90 million Apple Watches to date. When you look at just the calendar year 2019, Apple sold 29 million Apple Watches. With an average selling price of more than $400, that means the Apple Watch is bringing in $12 billion of revenue per year. And that total is growing by 30% per year. After taking into account upgrade trends, the number of people wearing an Apple Watch has crossed 65 million. Taking my forward projections for the Apple Watch business, I think the Apple Watch install base, so that's the number of people wearing an Apple Watch, will surpass 100 million in 2021. And I will go so far as to say, this is only the beginning. I do not think 100 million people wearing an Apple Watch is some type of ceiling. And that Apple's going to struggle growing beyond that. When you look at adoption trends, they remain incredibly low. And that is an indicator that there is a significant amount of room for the Apple Watch to run. So we know that the Apple Watch is connecting with consumers. We also know that pundits, analysts, Apple Watch competitors, they're having trouble understanding why. This brings us to Apple Watch and paradigm shifts. In addition to being a sales success, the Apple Watch has ushered in a paradigm shift in computing by making technology more personal 
in a way that other devices have failed to accomplish or replicate. The Apple Watch allows people to get more out of technology without having technology take over people's lives. It's not that consumers are walking into Apple stores thinking to themselves, well, I want this device that's responsible for bringing in a new paradigm shift in computing. (laughs) Instead, consumers see something of value in Apple Watch. They think the Apple Watch can improve their lives. That's why they're buying the device. And as we talked about a few minutes ago, when you look at the pundit, analysts, community, Apple Watch competitors, they have doubt surrounding a new paradigm shift. Either they don't see it, or I think they don't want to see change. They think the Apple Watch is still part of the existing paradigm found with mobile devices. There are three ways that the Apple Watch is ushering in a paradigm shift in computing. And what we're going to do is go over each item, and then we're going to talk about an example that takes those three items and puts them together. The first item, seamless tracking and monitoring. The Apple Watch tracks one's fitness and more importantly, health in a non-intrusive and intuitive way that isn't possible with non-wearable devices. I think the one thing that's important to note is that while fitness may apply to only a certain segment of the population, health applies to everyone. Every Apple Watch wearer can benefit from health tracking and monitoring. The second item, the second way that Apple Watch is ushering in a paradigm shift in computing, intelligent assisting. Wearing a computer on the wrist has shown the value found in having a digital assistant push small amounts of information and data to the user throughout the day, instead of having the user pull data from pieces of glass, better known as smartphones and tablets. The third item, the third way, contextual awareness. A device that is always on us can enhance our surroundings by utilizing our location activity to deliver contextual experiences. This is a valuable proposition when developing new experiences. I think it's easy to see the jump that's possible when starting to talk about augmented reality. We're not taking ourselves out of our surroundings. Instead, we're enhancing our surroundings. So those three items, seamless tracking and monitoring, intelligent assisting, and contextual awareness, they come together. They combine to allow Apple Watch to handle some tasks that we already give to existing devices like smartphones and tablets, as well as jobs and work that cannot be supported by mobile devices. That's another way of saying that they handle new workflows, new tasks. That is responsible for ushering in a paradigm shift in computing. This is a great point to jump into the details and focus on an example that combines those three items that we just talked about. Two weeks ago, Apple soft launched a new initiative with four fitness brands that's called Apple Watch Connected. 
The initiative originated out of feedback shared with Apple from health and fitness clubs looking to better connect the Apple Watch with their own customer experiences. Many of these gyms had embraced GymKit, which connects Apple Watch with fitness equipment, primarily cardio machines, and they wanted more. They wanted to push the experience forward. There are four requirements for a health club or gym to be part of Apple Watch Connected, and this is a free program for both the health club and the Apple Watch wearer. The first requirement, support Apple Pay. This allows Apple Watch wearers to go into a health club or gym and buy anything from water to classes or personal training. The second requirement, iOS and watchOS apps. Businesses must have apps that allow for things like signing up for classes. The interesting thing here is a watchOS app is mandatory. The third requirement is something called Earn With Watch. Businesses must offer rewards and incentives to Apple Watch wearers for remaining active. Incentives have proven to be an effective way to motivate Apple Watch wearers. And the fourth requirement is Support Gym Kit if the health club or gym has equipment that would support Gym Kit. Combine those four requirements and you have Apple Watch Connected serving as a tool. It enables third-party gyms and health clubs to build stronger relationships with their customers. These businesses are able to leverage seamless activity and fitness tracking on the wrist to reward their customers for staying active. The most intriguing aspect of this initiative is how entrepreneurs can use Apple Watches to launch new business models. When you think about legacy gyms, the idea was to have people pay for monthly memberships but then not show up. That way the gym doesn't need as many workout machines. Apple Watch Connected turns that idea on its head. It allows a gym or health club to establish a new kind of long-term relationship of customers. This relationship is based on encouraging workouts and activity. This kind of business model shift is an example of the new paradigm shift unleashed by Apple Watch. The key ingredient for getting all of this off the ground is having people wear an Apple Watch throughout the day. You can't recreate this what I would view as a comprehensive experience on something like a dedicated fitness tracker that's only used during workouts. You can't recreate this on a smartphone or tablet. That would be the equivalent of trying to use a laptop or desktop to accomplish tasks that are simpler and more intuitive on an iPhone. There is no good or easy way to track our daily activity with a large piece of glass that may sometimes be in our pocket or strapped to our arm, other times maybe in a different room, and then having to grab and hold this piece of glass when using things like mobile payments or checking location-based notifications and reminders, it will lead to an overall experience that is subpar. Notice what is fundamentally happening here. 
Instead of simply taking the existing app model that's found with smartphones and tablets, instead of taking that and just applying it to the wrist, a new way of consuming quote-unquote apps has been developed. With Apple Watch Connected, I think the idea of subscriptions makes a lot more sense for business models. Customers are finding value in long-term targeting, monitoring, and data creation. This takes us to the final topic in today's discussion. I'm introducing a new framework for recognizing paradigm shifts in computing. And this really came from researching and writing this week's article over at AboveAvalon.com titled Apple Watch and a Paradigm Shift in Computing. I was fascinated by how there is often a social component found with paradigm shifts and how there is so much legacy thinking that gets in the way of people recognizing paradigm shifts in computing. This new framework borrows heavily from my grand unified theory of Apple products, which positions a product category's design as tied to the role it is meant to play relative to other Apple products. So when you look at an Apple Watch, it is designed to handle tasks formally given to the iPhone and iPad. When you look at the iPhone, it's designed to handle tasks formally given to the iPad and Mac. And we could keep going. The iPad is designed to handle tasks formally given to the Mac. And then once you're in the Mac, you have the laptop and desktop. With MacBooks, you have a device that's designed to handle tasks formally given to Mac desktops. That then positions the Mac desktop as pushing the boundaries of a computer. Taking that theory and then applying it to paradigm shifts in computing, you have a framework that positions design that's defined as how we use products as the catalyst for paradigm shifts in computing. That means paradigm shifts in computing can be determined by monitoring the degree to which products are able to make technology more personal. Over the past few decades, we have seen two such primary paradigm shifts. Laptops, desktops moving to smartphones, and now smartphones moving to wearables. Those are the paradigm shifts in computing. Neither shift was about a new product replacing an older product. Laptops and desktops are still used by hundreds of millions of people in the mobile world. There will be billions of smartphones found in a wearables world. Instead, the move from desktops and laptops to smartphones and tablets was ultimately about using design to remove barriers that existed between the user and technology. One way this was accomplished was using multi-touch as a way to interact with a device. The thing is, mobile devices are not able to remove all barriers. Increased smartphone tablet usage has revealed an entirely new set of barriers that we never knew existed. A device like Apple Watch 
relies on design to remove some of those recently discovered barriers. One reason this new computing shift has not been universally accepted is because the Apple Watch still uses what I would refer to as training wheels in the form of requiring an iPhone to set up. This iPhone reliance has led some to view Apple Watch as nothing more than an extension to the iPhone. That claim, though, it it focuses too much on the technology and not enough on how design is leveraged to alter the way we use technology. That's key. I think if you focus just on the technology, you end up missing the paradigm shift in computing. This explains why many thought of the iPhone as initially a laptop extension and why consensus still views the Apple Watch as an extension of the iPhone. Speaking of extensions of the smartphone, one example of a genuine extension is stationary smart speakers. Recall a few years ago, you had consensus position a stationary smart speaker as ushering in a new era of computing. A paradigm shift. Not surprisingly, those calls sure have quieted down. (laughs) The primary value found with a stationary smart speaker is being able to take up the physical space needed to house speakers for delivering better sound. In this way, the speaker ends up being a smartphone amplifier that comes in handy for consuming sound as a group activity. Nearly every other task or role given to a stationary smart speaker could be given to an Apple Watch. The wrist ends up being a better solution given the presence of a screen. In addition, you have stationary speakers confined to an area inside of a room. Apple Watch has greater mobility than even smartphones and tablets as it is literally strapped to our wrist at all times. Voice in and of itself is not a paradigm shift, as the medium is incredibly inefficient for transferring large amount of data information. It also creates a massive wall that prevents us from getting more out of technology without having technology take over our lives. This is ultimately why I think there is a role for voice as a user input in a wearables world, and not have wearables just simply be part of a world powered by voice computing. Apple Watch isn't alone in ushering in this new era of computing. Other wearable devices designed to leverage the unique attributes of the body, wrist, ears, and eyes, have a role to play. The attributes that have allowed the Apple Watch to flourish on the wrist are being translated to allow wireless earpods to become a platform for bringing augmented hearing to the masses. In the future, a pair of eyeglasses will be able to add visual context to our surroundings. In each example, we have a fundamental rethink of how people use computers to improve their lives. The quote-unquote training wheels or early technology bonds that may exist between the early reiterations of these devices 
and items like smartphones and tablets should not be taken or viewed as permanent chains. Rather, they are the early support systems designed to give wearables the power to change the way we use technology. That's going to do it for today's episode. One quick programming alert. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, if you're interested in my Apple Watch financial estimates, so that's unit sales, revenue, the install base, or the number of people wearing an Apple Watch, I talked about the methodology and the math behind all of my estimates in the daily update from December 11th. I'll include a link to that daily update in the show notes. In that update, I also talked about wireless AirPods, the number of people wearing AirPods in the wild. These numbers, these financial estimates, play a crucial role in putting the Apple wearables business in context. I have been very outspoken that wearables are a very big deal for Apple going forward. Accordingly, I think it is crucial to monitor adoption, to see how people are embracing these tools that are bringing in a genuine paradigm shift. The daily update that goes over my Apple Watch and wireless AirPods estimates is available to above Avalon members. If you enjoy the analysis and perspective found in these podcast episodes and in the weekly articles over at AboveAvalon.com, I think you'd be interested in and find a lot of value in becoming an Above Avalon member. The cornerstone of Above Avalon membership is access to my exclusive daily updates about Apple. These are emails. Each one is about 2,000 words, sent Monday through Thursday. These emails cover Apple business and strategy analysis, my perspective and observations on current news and Apple competitors, my financial estimates for Apple, and full coverage of Apple earnings, product events, and keynotes. If it is of interest to Apple, it is something I pay attention to. One thing that I wanted to point out is that since Apple doesn't operate in a vacuum, these daily updates do go over what is going on with Apple competitors and other companies in the spaces that Apple operates in. However, the difference between the above Avalon daily updates and other updates is that everything I talk about is ultimately from the perspective of Apple. While I will talk about Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Spotify, Disney, the list goes on. The discussion is based on how those companies may be impacting Apple and how Apple should think about the world with all of these competitors and all of these different business models and ideas. In my view, the best way of covering Apple, the best way of trying to understand how Apple thinks about the world is to start with Apple and then look at the tech industry. Look at the mobile industry, the entertainment industry. Don't do it the other way around. Don't start with an industry perspective and then focus on Apple. I tend to think that leads you down the wrong path. To become an Above Avalon member, just head on over to AboveAvalon.com and then go to the membership page. There are two options available. It's either $20 per month or $200 per year. 
Once on the membership page, you can also see all of the additional member privileges and benefits. So in addition to receiving the exclusive daily updates, members also have access to my above Avalon reports and Apple earnings model at no additional cost. Members have email priority. There's also an archive, so you can go back and read close to 900 daily updates and five reports. And there's a forum, so you can chat with other Above Avalon members. I do moderate and participate in the forum as well. When you're over at AboveAvalon.com, if you go to the daily updates page and scroll down, you will be able to see all of the headlines for the daily updates. That's going to give you a pretty good look at the wide range of topics that are covered in the updates. I am proud to say that Above Avalon is fully sustained by membership. So if you are currently an Above Avalon member, thank you for your support. And if you are thinking about or planning to become an Above Avalon member, I thank you in advance. With that, I will conclude today's episode. I will talk to you all later. Bye.